Hello and welcome to BoardWars.eu, your bi-weekly podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniature game by Fantasy Flight Games. I am your host, Stefan, and with me again is Herrick. Hi, Herrick. Hi there, guys. Hi, Stefan. Uh, and today we probably have the best show for you yet, because after the the long, long, long episode uh, number four... <laughs> where we discussed most of the sour celebrations we will do a little bit of shorter episode today and we'll mostly uh, focus on actual board game stuff yeah the first i wanted to clean up uh, our topics today are like the topics are the same uh, as in the previous weeks but we mixed them up a bit because uh, we received feedback constructive feedback of course uh, that we shouldn't stick around too long with a specific topic especially the card reviews because it's kind of, it's kind of boring to to hear just me talk about the cards. Okay. So what we'll do for this episode, we will mix up the card discussion with all the other topics, so it will be a mishmash of, of all topics. So uh, the first we have today is news and cleanup, and um, we are still looking for co-hosts. I ideally I want to have three or four guys on the show. In total, including me and Herbig, of course. So uh, we will look for one or two additional co-hosts. And if you uh, have a time slot available, on mostly we record on Thursday night, uh, Central European time. Uh, if you have a time slot available, uh, you will you can apply via mail to podcast at boardwars.eu. And if you play the game a lot, it will be, of course, a benefit. And if you don't play the game a lot, like it's like like me and Herbig probably the last <laughs> two weeks, <laughs> then you will also be welcome. So uh, if you're interested in joining the show, just send us an email. And uh, I also looked over our Facebook page and our podcast stat- statics uh, stats, of course. Um, and our Facebook page is growing steadily, and we probably have a, a big spike of new people. Uh, until the next and uh, the, uh, between now and the seventh episode, because we'll uh, post some some polls there, I think. And um, we have currently, I think, 38 Facebook likes, which is respectable, I think, for uh, that we are only up for like two months or so. Yeah. And just over 50% of the listeners uh, of the show are not from the US or ca- and Canada, which is also. I was aiming aiming a little higher than that actually, but it's okay. So we still love you guys over the pond. So <laughs> also you're of course not excluded from the from the raffle. And the raffle itself, I I sent out all of the the packages which uh, we had winners for for the first three episodes. So this was I think it was Han, the IG88, and the Rebel Saboteurs. And I already got feedback from one of the winners uh, that the Han uh, package already arrived. So the others should too, actually, somewhere around this time. And I successfully successfully cleaned my backlog of packs I have to send out after <laughs> I, I received them. And yes, of course. Um, then for our Facebook page, you really should join there because uh, Herwig made a, a good suggestion for the next episode. Uh, we will talk about uh, our wish list for Gen, Code, Gen Con, of course, and the, the game itself uh, for the future developments. And if you want to, if you have some some wishes for the board game which we want to see discussed discussed on the show, 
you can send them on the Facebook page, either via uh, private message or we will open up, uh, a, I think, a, a post there and you can post it in the comments if you have some wishes for the game. Also, I already started my list and I know I know Herwig did too, but uh, you of course can send in uh, stuff and we will credit you of course if you send in stuff and we will use it on the show. I think it's a good point for this little exercise because um, uh, probably they will announce a lot of stuff at Gen Con and I think September or November is like the starting day for all the Force, uh, force and Force Awakens merchandise. I think they said September the 4th, something like that. Uh, there will be the starting point for the unveiling of all the, well, they start selling some and they're allowed to show the merchandise for the Force Awakens. So, um, in September we will see what Fantasy Flight has in store, uh, will do with their movie license. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we even get the first saga expansion. Review. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's that we'll would see. be would make sense in a way. It, that's already one of the, the the ticket items I have on my list, but yeah. <laughs> we will see. So, and uh, the second uh, um, the second uh, issue, you should join the Facebook page. Um, also, because uh, from episode seven on, we will probably talk about the missions in the game, like strategies, how to tackle uh, each mission on each side, which uh, specific places in the mission to exploit, uh, what to take care of. And uh, because I know some of the, especially on Herwig's side, his players will also use, uh, listen to the <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, so I will pull a, put up a poll uh, if we should... Uh, only talk about skirmish missions, or if we also should include um, uh, single-player campaign missions, not single-player missions, but campaign missions, and when we discuss campaign missions, if we should do them spoiler-free, or if we should basically reveal all mechanics in the mission. I think it wouldn't be that much of a problem, but because we will not talk about more than one, maybe two missions per episode, I, I suggest we will talk just talk about one, and uh, so the if you start your uh, campaign now, you should have enough time to complete the campaign before we talk about the mission. So this should only factor in for most of the listeners on the second playthrough for the campaign. But yeah, I will just open up a poll, and you can vote if you want to have the missions discussed um, at all, and if they will be discussed, if we should. Do it spoiler-free. So, also we had uh, one uh, one email coming in from one of our listeners, from Matt, and he clarified last time we we discussed the the Fantasy Flight news uh, with the the new ally and villain packs, the the Wave Two packs. And is it Wave Two? No, it's Wave Three, right? The the Wave Two packs are there for the for the Twin Shadows expansion, and after that. In the fall, we get the Wave 3 packs with the Wookiees, the Hired Guns, and the Stormtroopers. And we discussed one of the cards in there, which is Improvised Weapons. And there is the, this picture of a green guy throwing a table. And we weren't quite, quite sure what kind of alien race this is. And Matt clarified that uh, this is actually bearable. Whatever this is, is because I, I can't remember it being anywhere in the movies or so. So... It's probably something only appearing in the extended universe so far. And but thanks not for uh, thanks Matt for sending the, that in. Uh, 
And of course, if other people send in uh, trivia tidbits, we are we great greatly appreciate this. So that's I think that's all for our cleanup for today, and we will uh, hop straight away to our first card discussion, which will uh, be about Mac Ashkari this time. We also will talk about Diara Pasil and um, of course the technolo technological superior superiority deck. But uh, we will first talk about the Sniper, and this time Herrick will start uh, reading about the Sniper, I think. You have the Hero Sheet, right? I forgot if you have the Hero Sheet or the XP cards. I have the XP cards. Hero okay, so I will talk about the Hero Sheet and yeah, you will perfect. then take over the XP cards. So, our first um, Rebel player we will discuss today is the Sniper, or actually he's called Bold Renegade on the card. And it's Mech Ashkaray. He has two abilities, which are, the first is Ambush. For one strain, use when you declare an attack, targeting a figure that does not have line of sight to you. This attack gains Pierce 2. Uh, this sounds a bit tricky to, to trigger, but if you read further the second um, ability he has, which is Covert, hostile figures four or more spaces away from you do not have line of sight to you. You do not block line of sight for those figures. Which uh, first means they have to be, they have to come close to you to actually target you, and if they can't target you, you also can use your ambush ability to actually to to gain pierce two on your attack, which is needed because his first weapon is the long blaster, which attacks with two blue dice and has surge abilities, surge plus one damage and surge pierce one. This is the pierce one, of course, stacks with the pierce two from from ambush. And since the, the blue dice, they don't roll that high, high on damage, you really need the, the Pierce 1 and Pierce 2 abilities to actually deal damage with mech, at least in the beginning. Uh, later on you can get much better weapons. So uh, mech also has 10 health points, 5 endurance, which is quite a lot, quite a lot for him actually. Uh, 4 speed, a white defense die, and like uh, um, medium strength and uh, perception checks and a high engineering check. And of course he loses, on the wounded side, he loses his covert ability, which is quite a problem if you play him. So Mech is a sniper type and the, his XP cards I think reflect this. And Herrick, do you want to take over and tell us what the first two 1 XP cards are? Yeah, so his first uh, 1 XP card is Supply Network. Exhaust this card during activation to test uh, awareness. If you pass, reveal the top card of the supply deck and place it on the top or the bottom of the deck. Or you can, as a uh, action, deplete this card to draw one card from the supply deck. It must be my birthday. I like this card. Yeah, it's really good if you get it early in the campaign because having a supply card at the end of a mission is worth 50 credits, so not bad. Yeah, that's true, but if you uh, use the special action uh, and exhaust the card, you don't get the actual crate, you only get a card. And the card isn't worth 50 credits. Ah, you give only back the crates. Yes, yes, you only ah, get the 50 okay. credits for the crate. I thought only because, for the cards. Uh, Ooh. No, uh, this would be... Uh, Money would making. Be basically 53 credits yeah, for Mac during all of the campaign. 
could be game at breaking. Least, yeah, yeah, you can. It wouldn't be game. I, I think it wouldn't be game breaking, but it would be certainly a bit much stronger than it is now. And yeah. nevertheless, I think um, drawing a drawing a, a card from the supply deck for one action without having to be having to to actually pick up a crate can be worth it. Most like I said it last time, I think most of the supply cards are definitely usable during the during the missions and they can help you out quite a lot. And even if you don't get the fifty credits when you use the, the card with this action, you you still get um, the the actual item to use. Yeah. And this could be a game changer during the mission. Yeah. Well, having some, uh, having a healing kit or something at the right moment is yeah, that's quite important. In in my first campaign, most of the times when I tried to, uh, my my players actually recruited uh, Luke Skywalker, and they took him on like four missions or so, and they all, almost all the time managed to 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 actually um, prohibit me me from from um, defeating him by just applying med kits to him like all the time so <laughs> i was shooting i was shooting luke and he was always gaining uh gaining health back and with his uh, regeneration ability he also gained health back so it was very hard for me to kill him and with his um ability to make all the uh all the attacks the the rebels had to be able to reroll one dice it was really strong for them so they basically made sure i couldn't kill him and without being able to kill him, their attacks were really strong. So, yeah. okay. Uh, uh, do you want to read the next card? Yeah, disengage. Spend one strain. Exhaust this card when a host hostile figure enters a space within three spaces of you to gain three movement points. The Imperial military police couldn't take me alive, and neither will you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it fits right in with the theme of Mac, I think. Yeah. So you you can it's it's basically an interrupt to to make sure that at least if you have a strain available, um and it's the first time this round, to make sure that a, that, a, that an Imperial figure cannot come close to you to actually target you. Yeah. And I think uh, one of my one of my players took this in the first campaign, and it was very annoying for me, especially if you play um, melee figures like the the Royal Guards or the Royal Guard Champion or Vader. This is this is really annoying because you can't get close to him to to actually deal damage. Yeah, you have to 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 bait him in with one melee uh, activation, so he uses he exhausts his ability, and then you finally can attack himself yes this it was it was really it was aggravating and uh nevertheless this time around in this campaign the, the player playing mac didn't actually take this disabilities but uh saved up his experience points for one of the four experience uh cards and i think he paid the price for this because i managed to wound him i think three or four times in the first five missions or so so it's it's really I think it's a very good first XP card. But yeah, the one strain Mac has five endurance, so the one strain it's yeah. not that much of a price to pay, I think. So if you play Mac, I think you should take disengage. Yeah. 
makes sense, I think. Just to be, uh, it's a good way to, uh, escape your uh, dreadful Imperial player, yeah. Yeah, and of course you not only can can use it to escape, you just gain three movement points. You can go anywhere you like. So you can also use these three movement points to make headway towards an objective. Yeah. So this is... I think it's good. So, on to the two XP cards. Yeah, the first... read them? Yeah. The first one. Target acquired. Spend one strain. Exhaust this card before declaring an attack. During this attack... Figures do not block your line of sight. Apply plus two accuracy to the attack result. Ha! I bet even a Jedi couldn't make this that shot. Yeah, it's not too this bad. Is, oh, I think for one strain again, uh, also one card, uh, this is one, one card my, one of my players used last campaign. And it's okay, I think. It's okay, Mac yeah. Has, with the long blaster, Mac rolls for at least four uh, is it? Yeah, it's at least four uh, range, and with this you can guarantee a range of at least six, which is longer than most hallways in the on the tiles. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's a bit overkill to give two accuracy to this, to this shot because most of the time you don't need it. But if you do need it, also if you then later buy weapons that don't have two blue dice but maybe have just one blue dice, you can still manage to stay farther back. And deliver shots from farther back, at least once a round, and uh, with the two accuracy and being able to actually hit them. Yeah. So it's I think the the disengage card is better. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's it depends on your style of play. If you uh, want to hide your sniper a lot and not uh, try to come in the first line. Depending on your on your other players, if you have the Wook in your party and the Jedi, then you know um, those two will try to get into close combat anyway. So you could mm. hide behind them. Yeah. So if you're playing with two of the have more some of the close combat brawlers in your uh, rebel team, so then it makes more sense to use it. Mm-hmm. If you have yeah. a group with a lot of uh, uh, guys who are also shooting, then it doesn't make that much of a sense, maybe. Yeah, you should take the next the next two XP card, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So the next card is Chesh Wandi Training. Apply plus two health to your hero. Never bad. Exhaust this card after a hostile figure within three spaces resurface an attack. You become focused. Yeah, it's nice. I think it's the better of the two because more or less getting a free focus... This uh, this campaign, uh, at least in my campaign, uh, the the player playing Mac, like I said, he saved up for the four XP ability, yeah. and he didn't get either of the two XP cards, and neither did he get the one XP cards, and I think that the two X two health would have been very good for him because if you if you find yourself in the front line, you are a very a very squishy target. Yeah, you just have ten health, ten health. And, Ten is really uh, nothing. Die. It's you can you can bank on rolling on rolling uh, dodges all the time, but yeah, but it's a, a one in six chance. So yeah, and you can't re-roll your dodges like the Jedi can. And this is, I think, getting getting two health and also the the second ability, uh, getting a focus of a 
um, figure within three spaces, resolves an attack. You, if you position yourself right, you can trigger this. Not maybe not every round, but you can basically trigger it like two or twice or three times a um, a mission, and two or three times a mission getting getting a free focus is very very good. Yeah. Because you're dealing deal that much much more damage then. Yeah. So I I haven't seen this card in action, but I think it's actually very strong, and I'll take it took it I'll probably take it over target acquired. Yeah yeah yeah. Well it's um. Uh, thinking about that, most of the missions on the Imperial side, uh, you, the rebels lose when um, the Imperium has wounded all the heroes. It makes sense to to pick uh, skill cards that give you uh, a higher wound threshold, so you can withstand more punishment. Because uh, mm. the mi- missions I played so far, it was always very close, like. In, in in the last round, giving like the f- last two two or three wounds to a, a blaster damage to a hero to wo- finally wound him. So two two extra wounds doesn't sound that much, but they can really make the difference in a round, especially in a game that's that mu- that's like time plays such a big factor. So yeah, yeah, I, I. I think also just one training is less valuable if you play with um, less figures. Like if you only play with two rebel figures, and you have already a legendary card which gives you I yeah. think five, five, five or yeah. whatever it gives. The two health doesn't it doesn't factor in that much. So you maybe can use target acquire. But then again, if you play with less uh, rebel figures, you don't need the the. Um, you don't need the, the line of sight ignore for this card anyway. Yeah. So both of the two XP cards are probably more valuable. The less, the more figures uh, you actually play in your rebel group, and both of them are less valuable the less figures you have. Yeah. At least that's how I see it. I don't know. Like I only, I only played with uh, one campaign with three rebel figures, and one the second campaign now we have four rebel figures, and I didn't find it that hard for for Mac to actually find targets to shoot at despite him being farther back and probably being line of sight blocked so he didn't really need target acquired so I don't know maybe yeah. maybe it's still maybe it's still just money training is better yeah okay then on to the three XP cards the first one is expertise uh, pay one strain exhaust this card during your activation after you interact, uh, perform one additional action during this activation. I rather not waste any time when there are troopers I could be putting holes in. Yeah. This is a strange card. Yeah, it's for three XP. It's well, it's, I think, how, yeah, I don't know how often you really interact. So, but yeah, more or less you can, Get crates for free, ish. And not only crates, but I. Um, you can pick up a crate, pay one strain, and then shoot still in the round. So yeah. Yeah, of course you can. You can. You can uh, pick up a crate and shoot two times. Yeah. Because you still have your second uh, action. Also. Yeah. Sorry. I, but I think in my head, uh, my, the character already <laughs> moved there in the first action. I didn't yes, say yes. it before. Sorry. But I. But I think what this really is uh, good for. 
in my opinion is to open doors because if you're an open in many missions not in most but in many missions if rebels open doors something uh, is triggered on the imperial side and most of the time some units deploy anywhere near this door so if you can if you can move to a door open it and then still shoot this normally helps you to deal with the, the additional threat that spawned yeah. by actually opening the door also, if you can strain, uh, but with strain, I don't know if it works with strain, but uh, if you can start your round near the door, open it and then shoot twice, maybe even with uh, with uh, one of the 4xp cards we will later see, you can probably get rid of one or even two figures that yeah. spawned right then and there. And since all the figures spawned, usually spawn in the ready state, so they are not exhausted, so they can still act this round. They pose a much greater threat because they are in your immediate uh, yeah. in vicinity and they still can act and you are standing exposed. So it's, uh, I think expertise, it's overlooked and I haven't seen it in action yet, but if I would play Mac, I would for sure get it even over the two XP cards. Yeah. Because you use and also Mac has a very good engineering test. So most of the or I think most of the, the doors you have to open with a test, you open with an engineering test. So you is you are one of the, the figures that is good for this anyway. So you want to be this guy opening the door. So it would be good for you to actually being able to deliver a shot afterwards. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I have. I still haven't seen an action, but I think it's good. I think it's good for exactly that moment you described, opening the door and then getting uh, two hits in on the freshly spawned en uh, enemy figures. That would be actually quite nice, yeah? Yeah, and of course you can also use it to actually, like Herrick said, to open crates and then shoot your way out of the situ situations. Yeah. Or if you open a crate and, uh, and um, pick up a, a frag grenade, or what's it called? A thermal de detonator, yeah. actually. You can also throw it immediately after, even if you moved to the crate first. So this also maybe it helps you. But I can't, I can't see this be that valuable actually. Oh, you can if it's a if it's a med kit, you can rest and then apply the med kit. This also can help, especially with the supply network card, where you can take a look at the next card you draw. I don't know. Maybe it's good. Yeah. I would like to see that action, but yeah. I haven't. So uh, the second uh, three-point XP card is Execute. After you resolve an attack, if the target figure was defeated, recover one strain. And, and as an uh, additional uh, skill, exhaust one strain. Exhaust this, uh, pay one strain. Exhaust this card. When you use Ambush, remove all white die from the target's defense pool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, I think, uh, I don't know if the, the player, uh, I think the player I have now has actually bought this card. I can't, I can't remember. I've seen it in action, either last campaign or this campaign. And the, the strain recover after you defeat a, a target, it's certainly nice. But unless you manage to get uh, the, the really nice blaster in the tier three with two red, um, two red die and uh, base six accuracy, 
I think uh, you have a hard time killing stuff without the 4 XP cards, and this is already 3 XP. So it's... Um, I don't know. I'd rather take expertise, I think. Yeah. It certainly helps you kill stuff, but uh, I don't know. It seems rather weak for 3 XP. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It's removing just a, removing just the white dice. Also, I don't know. It, you remove the dodge chance, but that's basically it because the white dice. Uh, aside from it, uh, when you use it on Nexus, where you have the the search cancel to block ability. Uh, aside from that, you the the white dice can't roll that high anyway, and you have your uh, this only this only works when you use ambush anyway. And uh, ambush gives gives you two pierce, so you basically pierce through the defense of the white dice anyway, yeah. and you only negate the, the the chance to that the that the target can dodge your attack. This seems awfully the the one strange seems awfully much to pay for this, but yeah, I I don't think it's good. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Just you recovering one strain. Yeah, I think it's not worth it for that. I think the saving up for one of the 4 XP cards is worth more. If you already own 3 XP. Okay, so on to the 4 XP cards. The first one, no escape. Uh, pay 2 strain. Exhaust this card after you resolved an attack. If the target figure was not defeated, you become focused. Then, perform one additional attack targeting the same figure. And stay down. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I think it's one of the best cards yeah. you can get from him, for him. The two strain is certainly much, but... Um, yeah, but an additional able to, attack, to do an additional attack and fo be focused. is always good. Of course, you also become focused, which deals that much more damage. It's really good in the late game just to be able to take down some of the heavy hitters the Imperial player could throw at you. Mm -hmm. It's it's, cert it's certainly really aggravating to watch as an Imperial player to uh, to have a unit survive just the first shot, the first two shots, and then on the second shot he exhausts his cards, takes two strain again, and absolutely wrecks your your last two hit points or one hit point. Yeah. Or so. Yeah, it's. I think no no questions asked. You should get this this card in basically any yeah. any campaign. I can see it not being useful. It's certainly useful multiple times during any mission. Yeah. So. Just get it. It's. I don't know if I would. Probably his best card. Would be be racing for it at the beginning, saving up and get it immediately. I don't know. Um, it, I would like to is. get it, but I don't know if I would like to save up my four XP. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question to answer, because especially the one XP cards, and or, just one training, they are still good, and saving up means you have. Maybe three or four missions where you don't get any other XP cards, and no escape is really good. And I think saving up the four four XP might be valuable, but I'm I have to play more to be sure. It's certainly either it's the best card or one of the best two cards. I I think so. It could be worth saving up your four XP for it. Yeah, it's that strong. In my opinion, it's that strong. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, 
But yeah, my player, my player in the in the second campaign I have did that exa- exactly that, and most of his usefulness now comes from this card. Yeah. And I only can defend with this because I'm playing subversive tactics and loading him up with strain. Not every round, but between the rounds, and try to to make it so he can't use ambush two, which would be absolutely devastating. So yeah. Okay, and the last skill card for our character is decoy. Deplete this card when an attack targeting you is declared. The attack misses. After the attacker is resolved, you may interrupt to place your figure in any empty space within three spaces. Then you become focused and may perform an attack. Yeah. Uh, since it's since it's deplete, it gives you one additional uh, attack per mission, and it can save your ass. But uh, my player, my player uses in the first campaign, and it it's certainly on the on the imperial side. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Because you want to, you want to. Maybe it's it's very it's a very good card if your group works really well together, and you can keep Mac the maybe the last one, last unwounded guy, and if he's the last unwounded guy, and the imperial player wants to focus his attention on him, you can use this card to basically negate one attack and maybe even kill the figure who was attacking so it's it's very good but you need good team play for it, team play for it yeah because if you if the if you are focused and if you're standing too too much in front on the front line then decoy you might you might use decoy too often and too early and then you are basically defenseless so yeah. I, I don't know. It's, you can you could try building uh, Mac defensively with just one D training and decoy and maybe uh, what's it called disengage. Try this, and you can basically you're becoming a very slippery target because you can run away, you can decoy, you can you have more health, and it's it's okay. But I I think he should deal damage. Yeah. And for dealing damage, you should actually use cards that help you deal damage, because you the, you see it you see it on the first first weapon he gets. He just has two blue blue dice, and this is this doesn't it doesn't deal that much damage. And cards that can help you deal damage maybe takes the pressure off the credit pool to actually get you a better weapon. So I don't know. It, it depends on the group, and if you can uh, if the group plays perfect maybe decoy is better than no escape but i doubt it so i'd say no escape is still better and it's the 4 xp card you should actually get and if you have xp over maybe get decoy but yeah I don't know. again the other cards are good too i think it's really depends on the uh, setup of your rebel commander team and if you already have another damage dealer then maybe it's a good choice that you become like the slippery one and if you are like one of the damage dealers in the group then of course you should go for all the skill cards that deal more damage so I think it really depends on what kind of group you have yeah it's not, on, not only what uh, what, other chari- what other characters you have but also what still skills they are getting yeah. so if you have, you're already have a, uh, a damage dealer maybe it's actually better to be a delivery target I don't know and you 
what I what I think is you should prioritize one of the two. If you if you get disengage and or decoy and or just want the training, you should stick to this tree or this this branch in your XP cards yeah. and make use of this. Maybe maybe I think it's worth to to actually focus on it, not to then mix and match with damage abilities, because you should then try to to actually draw fire and make this make this fire basically useless. Yeah. So you 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 take the heat of the of the other characters. I don't know. Maybe that's what I would play, but I probably would play him as a damage dealer. <laughs> yeah, but I think what you said really makes sense. So. Yeah. Okay, that's I think that's all of the Muck Ashkari uh, XP cards. Yeah, we have all eight, I think. I think and if I would play Rebel, I probably would play with him. He seems for me like the most fun type. Yeah, he's he's certainly the most the most <laughs> entertaining to watch because with his cards, either he is dancing around the battlefield, similar to Chin, yeah, or uh, with the other cards, he's dealing damage that you can't even imagine. It's it's crazy to look at it in the uh, on the board. And he's a boatman, so yeah, he's a boatman. His his brethren died to bring us the the plans of the Death Star. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is the card discussion for Mac Ashkari, and we will continue on with our. Second topic, which is campaign and skirmish play experiences. So, did you play the, in the last two weeks, or did you? Uh, didn't you sadly, to? because, because um, we played more sessions of our. Well, my main, main problem is I'm playing with the same guys. I'm playing my Star, Star Wars role playing game. It's like the same group. We play uh, Imperial Assault, and the last two weeks we squeezed in sessions of the role playing game. And, uh, couldn't find the time for uh, playing Imperial Assault. So I couldn't continue okay. the campaign. But we continued yeah. our role playing campaign, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's also good. Yeah, it was f- great fun. So we, we now really, we now really got the hang of the system. And we played a little, uh, Indiana Jones-like, uh, mission where we got to, we were searching for lost treasure in hot space, so it was quite fun, yeah. How long do you uh, did you actually play, or how long do you play the, th- the role playing game? Uh, when, uh, gosh, I think. When did you start? It must be now half a year, maybe even already oh, a year. A I don't know, really. I can't really. Okay. So about a year. Maybe. I think a year about. It, it depends. We had some big breaks between some sessions. And now we're managing it to play it more regularly. So that's really important to, if you want to get, you know, know the rules of a new system. And the problem we had in the first session when we played like once and then two months later or a month later, then you really forgot. Everyone forgot yeah. how it works. <laughs> And now, now, now we're getting the hang of it, which yeah, also means we now know how to to get the the best out of our skill trees. So mm-hmm. some of our characters are becoming really real, real monsters, <laughs> real killing machines. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, let's just hope that you don't uh, fall into this trap with Imperial Assault Two that you 
can't play it for for many weeks and the players actually forget how to play the game. No, because I'm hoping for it to um uh to find time on one of the upcoming holidays so we could play like our Saturday afternoon until evening so we could get in three missions or two missions at least so yeah, that's better yeah we have like two two holidays coming up now so yeah. maybe you find the time so i myself did only play one session with my my campaign group i tried i didn't really try to find a skirmish game for the eia command um skirmish league but at least I looked at the board uh, where they posted the matches and looked at some of the stuff there. But for my offline group, we played the mission, what's it called? The Spice Chop, where, where the rebels could recruit uh, Chewbacca. And I also put up um, pictures of both missions I played on the Facebook page if some, someone is interested. I also tend to write some stuff uh, alongside the... Oh, that's my cell phone. Uh, I also tend to write stuff alongside the pictures so it's like a little narrative about the mission. Uh, and during the spice job you have to, you get uh, the Wookiee as a free ally and the, um, the rebels need to uh, secure six spice barrels. Each of the spice barrels you need to either use the Wookiee, so Chewbacca with, uh, to pick them up or a hero can also pick them up but they need to do a strength test, and also this, of course, costs costs one active one uh, one action of your activation. And since they also need to open a door, they also need to op to find the the key card for the door. So they need to three uh, of the starting figures of the imperial player have tokens under their their plates, uh, under their bases. So. Uh, they are they are neutral. They are gray neutral neutral mission mission tokens, and on the flip side they have a color. And at the start of the mission, the imperial player is instructed to choose two red and one yellow, or two yellow and one red. I don't know. Of course, doesn't matter. One of them is uh, a different color than the other two, and this is the key card. And heroes can defeat this figure, then the key the the the, the token drops. And one rebel can go here, go to this token and interact with it to reveal it and claim it. And if it's the key card, this character can now open doors. And four of the spice barrels are locked away behind doors, so you need this key card to complete the mission. And between uh, picking up the key card, opening the door, and picking up all spice barrels, you all, you already need eight eight activation uh, not eight activations but eight actions to complete the mission objective. And my players, and you only have five rounds to complete this. And my players, they, they didn't actually focus on the mission, but tried to chase down one of the Imperial figures. <laughs> so we, we, I, I won the mission, uh, we won the mission, of course, uh, in the fourth round because they couldn't uh, pick up the, the last remaining token, which was the keycard and get to the door and open the door in one round. So. It was basically a, a victory for me until then. And they just lost because they were lazy with their activations and with, uh, they don't, they didn't really focus on the mission. So, I mean, we didn't play bad. We tried to hide away the, the figure we knew had the key card. Yeah. And to, to, to shield them, shield it with, um, what's it called? Royal Guard, Royal Guard troops. 
but I think they could have won the mission. They they didn't use Chewie effectively, and they were too hesitant. They they stormed uh, they stormed my units, and then after storming them, they used the rest the rest of their movement points to back away again, which I think was the their main problem. They just didn't didn't have enough movement points to get through the map, actually defeat the figure with the keycard, pick up the keycard, and open the door. So it was a bit anticlimactic, I must say. But in the end, we we did one, we did win, and the rebels failed to recruit uh, Chewbacca, which was nice for us because we get we got free uh, influence Ooh, additional free. to the free we already had. Wow, that's yeah. not bad. So your your rebel group hasn't won a single mission yet. Is that true? No, they did. They they, they did one one mission. They did win one ah, mission, okay. uh, which was generous than donations, and this is one of the missions you. There isn't a clear win condition because it's a race for credits or influence. Uh, you, uh, you basically have to. The rebels have to storm a complex, and in this complex you have three terminals, and you have eight rounds to complete the and w after which the mission is over. And each round that um, the rebels co control one of the terminals, they get one token, which represents I think uh, what's it called? It's I think one hundred credits. So they get 300 credits per round for four rounds. Wow. Is it 300? It should be more. Actually, it should be more. I don't know. Maybe it's 400. I can't remember. And then they also uh, did pick up crates. And they ended up... Uh, we couldn't... We, we, uh, at the Imperial player, the, the goal of the Imperial player is to, to deactivate the terminals. And for this, you have to... To, to get rid of, the, of all adjacent uh, rebel figures. And you need... A one imperial figure adjacent to it and then you can at the end of the round you can flip it and it's deactivated or something like this and you can basically uh prevent it from giving more credits to the to the to the rebels but uh we didn't manage to to prevent even one of the <laughs> of the terminals so they basically got all the all the money they could during this uh mission and they ended up with like 2450 credits just from this mission which is quite a lot, wow. and they went on a shopping spree after this. <laughs> but it, but in the end, it didn't help them because they, they did lose all of the other missions until now. Yeah, not bad. But it's also generous donations. It's a, it's a fun mission, and our plan actually was to save up fret and then storm the the complex with an ATST and <laughs> do a grand finale and wound all of them. But it did that didn't actually work. I out. think from a. I think for my next campaign, I also will uh, do like a two-player Imperial team because I think it sounds much more fun than being alone there and making all these yeah, decisions. It's, it's basically... Uh, it also... I think it's it's better for the Rebels because you start discussing strategy not with yourself where they, can, they can't hear you, but with another player. And since the Rebels discussed a strategy, I, I always found this a bit strange that... The rebels need to discuss strategy across the table, yeah. and the imperial player can hear this. And he also has the increased knowledge of knowing what events are going to happen when, yeah. and how to distribute his threat, and how to yeah, spawn units when and that's where. That's very true. Uh, I I always um like when my group starts to planning like five turns or three turns ahead. I'm always like, yeah. guys, anything can happen. <laughs> I don't know when, where, know. but 
don't make so long big plans because they're like yeah. in the next activation they're like planning ten activations through, yeah. And I'm yeah, always like this plan won't work and they're like, Oh, you're only saying it because you wanna win. No, I'm saying this because there could be some events there or not. It doesn't make a sense to plan more than like three activations or five activations ahead. I think I think as a rebel group you shouldn't plan more than the current round. If you can plan the current round and if you can ac- actually execute your plan, then it's actually then it's already a win for you because that means the imperial pair couldn't fraud, fraud, uh, couldn't do anything against your plans, which is uh, all you can hope for. And you should plan your 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 moves or not only your moves, all of your activations to make make progress towards your actual mission goal. Yeah, this is. What what really what what really bit my rebel players in the ass uh, during uh, the spice job mission? It's really they, they just didn't watch the clock. They thought they had enough time, but then they noticed uh, in the last at the start of the last round they couldn't actually master the activations too because you can only open the the doors with the hero picking up the the keycard. They couldn't strain to the keycard. Pick it up and move to the door, and also open the door because all this ne- at least needs three interactions, and you only have two two actions this round. It's it was bad. They were they were really discouraged after yeah, that. Yeah, it's so you should you you should plan your activations, but not so far in advance. You only need to plan your round. Yeah, I think. At least that's that is what I what I do with my imperial troops. I only try to to make the best of the round the current round. And after that, I will try to adjust my plan based on what's happened during the the, the round. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's see. And we also we we did a a double session uh, in which we tacked on another mission, and because we uh, are the imperial team, so we <laughs> we not only did we have six threat then, but we also had the the agenda card where we draw one additional card. Uh, during each Imperial upgrade sca- stage, so we don't uh, get four cards, we get five Ooh. cards to choose from. And we managed to draw Impounded, which is, I think, one of the, the most expensive forced missions, which costs four, ex- four um, influence. And we also drew one of the two ex- uh, two influence cards that's, I don't know what's it actually. Uh, yeah, it's, is it, it's not restorative supplies, it's, Something like this, uh, where you can uh, use it once a mission and basically heal an Imperial figure for two red die. You you roll two red die and basically heal one of your uh, Imperial figures for the the amount of damage you rolled on the two die. So maximum yeah. six damage. And this is, I think, it's it will be good in the later stages where we have General Weiss and Vader coming into the battlefield, which they should survive. And if we can heal them at the end of the round, it will be good. So we bought Impounded and Discard. And Impounded is a forced mission, which uh, was a first for us, because in the first campaign, I couldn't get any threat to, to save my life. And uh, so I never really got, got to, 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 buy a, to buy a forced mission. And Impounded is a, I think it's my new favorite mission for now, because it's very thematic and it's a story about uh, the rebel team being stranded on, on a, I think on, on Tatooine or some other planet, I don't know. And the, the shuttle they came with 
and the pilot of the shuttle both were like the shuttle is in docking clamps and the Imperials are inspecting it or whatever and the pilot is uh, thrown uh, as, uh, as as food uh, in <laughs> front of two Nexi uh, and they, they start to pound on him and you have to rescue him and also release the docking clamps and you have to carry him to the shuttle and all this in five five rounds and it, it was a massacre for for the rebels i i pound we pounded them into the ground it was basically over in cool. in three rounds where we after three rounds we wounded all of the all of the imperial uh all of the rebel characters and i think they they also they played a bit wrong it's a it's a really hard mission for the rebels i, I have to say that this is probably one of the hardest missions for the rebels so far i have seen uh, but we also we did we had a a very a very good plan I think where we made use of the the Nexu the both Nexu figures from the first round on which I think isn't intended for you to do but we managed to to figure out how to do it and so that they were wailing on the rebel figure uh, on the rebel uh, heroes and they used cleave and bleed and whatever they have so the it was a it was a, a disaster for the rebels, and as reward we got one of the coolest cards I've seen yet. It's a reward card for the imperial player, and it's I think it's called what's it called? I forgot. Um, something with special operations, I think. Yes, and it's an attachment, which gives you can only attach it to a leader, uh, and I think the only leaders the the imperial player has so far is the imperial officer. And Vader. I don't know if the Royal Guard Champion is also uh, a leader. I forgot. But I think he uh, is. Anyway, I can we can't earn him anyway, so we can use him anyway. Yeah, doesn't matter. Of course you can you can attach it to any leader. And it gives the this leader a special action where he you can um, use the special action every round, once a round, for to Ooh. to add one to your threat. So if you slap it on a an, an, a regular imperial officer, and the imperial officer is just giving his move his his order as a move action to another figure, and the second action you would only like move one space or so, you can uh, instead use this action now to gain one threat, and for if you do this twice, the imperial officer already paid for itself, which is very good I think. So this basically elevates our threat level. Uh, Jesus. From, from five to six now, L like we had, I, I I think no from, from wow from four to five yeah. So we are on fret level four now, and we can be on fret level five basically now, which is very good because uh, at fret level five you can deploy either one in uh, elite uh, imperial officer or you can deploy a, a elite uh, imperial droid. It's very good. so. It's basically it's yeah. boosting you one tier up, and this is I think it's very good. We will see in the next mission, which is another side mission, if this actually helps us or if it's turned out to be inconsequential. But I think it's a good card. I think it. I don't know if it's if it turns out to be very good. I think the the mission to get it should be made a bit harder for the imperial player. Well, it's 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 hard enough to get the first mission into the game. So yeah, it's only I I say it only, but it's if you if you have the the option to save for for influence and play 
the impounded mission, I would really recommend it after what I saw. I would really recommend to do so because I can't on uh, from the Imperials uh, from the rebel side I can't see how to win this mission. I mean it's it's certainly possible, but for this dude the, the Imperial player has yeah, to win. I, I think all the forced missions are really hard for the rebels to win, but I think that's the spirit more or less. Yeah, it, yeah. After all, the the imperial player is paying some influence to get it, but maybe then the reward shouldn't be that this strong. Because if you if you would have played it even one one or two missions earlier, it would be that much stronger. Because from from threat level three to threat level four, it's a much bigger step than from four to five and from five to six and from six to seven. So the 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 attachment it's getting. It's getting weaker throughout the campaign, but I don't know. Maybe that's their. That maybe that was their uh, rationale to to that the the imperial player yeah. wouldn't be able to get it that early in the in the in the campaign. I don't know. So it's a it's a good it's the mission itself. I think it's it's very, from the mechanics and how it works. It's massively cool i want to play it again but <laughs> with maybe maybe uh with uh because this week two of my rebel players uh couldn't attend so we pl were playing two players on the imperial side and two players on the rebel side and the the rebel players they were one of them were is new it, it's, the, it's his, this is his first campaign and the other one it's not a uh, he's he's not he's not a bad player yeah. But he's certainly weaker than uh, one of the two other players that were missing this time. So they were basically... That's also, I think, why they lost the, the Spice Job mission. So so how many missions do you have left in your second campaign? Um, we have one side mission. Then we have uh, one story. So one side, one story. One side and two story. Five missions. Okay. Yeah. The next mission is... Uh, uh, what's... It's... Target of opportunity, I think, where the the rebels can win um, the not the rebel troopers, but the other ones, the, the ones we, we gave, the saboteurs, of course, yeah, the ones we gave away <laughs> for the raffle. Okay, so it's the the mission to win the saboteurs, and I think it's a quick mission. It's also it doesn't have a time limit actually, Ooh. but it's a very small small map, and uh, either either the the rebels can free the saboteurs and use them to open the door, or they will just die in front of the door because they need to open the door and get to a terminal. And the door has eight health and five block in eight. So you need to deal more more than five damage to actually damage the door, which is hard if you have problems getting pierced. But if you have the um, rebel saboteurs, I think they throw they they. They attack with one red and one yellow die, and they can trigger surge abilities twice. And they have one of the surge abilities is, is Pierce two. And if they attack a door in this mission, they get one surge um, automatically, like for free. So they get Pierce two. F you can you can choose to 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 use the surge for another surge ability on the uh, saboteur card, but you will use it for of course for Pierce two, and so. If you roll one search, you have Pierce four already, which makes them the ideal, the ideal tool to open this door. So you can win this mission without freeing the saboteurs, but it's very hard. So 
I don't know what my players will do. We'll see. Yeah, in actually next Tuesday, I think we'll play. I don't know. So in a few in a few days. And then we have of course another story mission, then another side mission, and then the two last story missions. So five missions in total, and we'll be finished with our second campaign. I think right in time. Maybe maybe we can fit in another campaign before Twin Shadows comes out. I don't know. Because I yeah. want to try something else. Maybe I'll play Rebel next time. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think we will see Twin Shadows. Yeah. Uh, it's not yet. It's... it's not yet on the boat on the upcoming page at FFG. So Are you sure? Uh, it's not yet on the boat. So it's at the printer still. So. Oh, it's at the printer. Okay. So um, in the moment it's on the boat, we know it's five weeks ish. Okay, then we'll probably have. Let's see. But I think it's yeah, it's still at the printer. I think it's mm. um, end of June, June ish will be a good time for it because maybe they have some copies at Origin. It's a game show in uh, in the US, mm -hmm. and maybe they have some copies there. Fly-ins, a couple of them, but um, and, all, and also I think you have to tack on two or three weeks for it to actually get to Europe, so I can buy it. <laughs> yeah, it, that that really depends if they already uh, already ship uh, did a uh, shipping to Europe and America at the same time or not, or oh, if yeah, they're shipping course, from America to Europe. It's that this is always different. So it's very hard to say. Sometimes, um, like with Imperial Assault, they shipped the copies first to Europe and they were sitting there until you could buy it early at Essen, I think. So the 100 copies were sold early at Essen because it was like one month earlier in Europe. Do you, you don't, you don't plan to, to go to Essen this year, right? Ah, uh, this year not. Maybe next year, yeah would be interesting well, were, you, were you last year no no but okay. um it's one I of the also, things i want to do someday yeah yeah i also either i'll 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 take the plunge and uh, go to Chencon next year or to essen next year because this year i looked at uh, at prices for hotels in essen and it's already uh it, i don't i don't want to pay that much just to go to essen yeah so, yeah well, uh, if I can, if I can, if I can, uh, can get a hotel for free, like from one, maybe I can uh, apply with Heidelberger to 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 do to, to do some some demoing, yeah, some de some demoing. Then I maybe I'll go this year, but I don't think so. So yeah, um, Star Wars Celebration is next year in London. So in London, Ooh. so that next could year, be, yeah. Is it also is it also in in April next year? Uh, I think they already already set the date for next year in London. So, yeah. So so that so the hotels hotels are already booked. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll go there. But London is. I I was in London two years ago, one year ago. I don't know anymore. And so I I want to go to Essen or to 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 the US. We'll see. So this is campaignant. Uh, skirmish play experiences. This time, of course, we just had campaign experiences. And um, after this, we will go on to review our last hero, which is our Jedi. And do you have any of the cards uh, on your desk? Or did you find no none of them? Ah, I have the hero sheet with me. You have the hero sheet? Uh, the weapon too, or just the hero sheet? Uh, and the weapon. 
Ja, okej. Okay. Then, please, take well. us through the hero sheet of the Ala Passion. So, our dear Jedi starts with two skills. The first skill um, is the following. Precision Strike costs two strain. Use when you declare an attack with a melee weapon. Choose and remove one die from the target's defense pool. Limit to be uh, once per activation. And uh, the second skill is for one strain, foresight. Uh, use while defending to re-roll one of your defense dice. And this is, um, um, so the, this my is players, a, yeah. my players thought because of the second ability that that this is actually a tank. Yeah. But it turns out she isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. You need luck f to re-roll your your white die so you can dodge the second time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you can you read the, the weapon so we yeah. can so I can. So um, uh, she, she starts with the play steel staff. Um, it's a staff. It has reach, and for one critical, for one search, you can buy a stun. Or the second one is uh, one blast damage is added. And it has a green and a yellow die. Yeah, and of course, it's not one blast damage, it's just plus one damage. One plus attack. one damage, sorry, yeah. It's not blast, yeah. Plus yeah, one damage to um, the attack, yeah. And she starts with 12 health, has five endurance, a speed of four, and a white defense die. Yeah, and she's from her skills. She's very good at awareness and not so good at might. And mechanically, she only has one blue die. So, yeah, that's. I think she's interesting. I I think I I misled my my players when I talked about her because I said because of her foresight skill, you can reroll your white defense die, and um, which. It turns out to be a one in one in three chance to to roll a, any weight mm. uh, for one strain, which is quite good actually. They yep. they had some evades during the mission, but she also has some some XP cards that are are based around tanking and standing in the middle of it in the middle of the of the action and taking the heat. But I since I since I saw how easy easy she can get, go down. I think I have to revise my my um, uh, my stra not my strategy but my my how I, how I view her her because I think she's she's not that she's not sturdy enough to be a tank she's not sturdy not as sturdy as the the Wookie certainly not so I I think you shouldn't go the tank route with her I see that it doesn't actually work that good but okay so. Um, of course, she also has XP cards, and since Hervik uh, could find his XP cards, I yeah, they're the all XP across the room, myself. and they're all across the room. <laughs> Hervik had, had had a little uh, furniture problem in his room <laughs> last few days, I think. So, um, yeah, the first the first uh, two one XP cards are Force Throw, which is you pay two strain for exhaust this card. During your activation, to choose another small figure within three spaces and test sight. If you pass, push that figure three spaces. Then, if the figure is hostile, it suffers one damage. Um, this is actually I I linked a board game geek thread. I will link it also in the show notes. A board game geek thread where someone calculated the odds of 
um, making this this uh, site test. And if, you, if uh, Diala is healthy and she's focused, there is a 49.4 uh, chance percent chance to to succeed as this test. And if she's just healthy, there's an 88.9 chance to succeed. And if she's wounded and um, what is it called wounded and focused, there's an 86.1 chance. And if she's just wounded, there's a 72.2 chance to make this test. So you pay two strain, and if you're not wounded, you basically succeed. Uh, you basically fail one in ten times. So it's it's not that much of a gamble. You basically succeed every time. And um, for this, you can move one figure for three spaces, and you can also um, you can also choose allies. And of course, um, ally figures and other other rebel figures. So you can take one of your companions and push him around the board, free spaces. And this free spaces is actually important because you you ignore any movement yeah. uh, so penalties. It, it, it's not uh, three movement points, it's really three spaces. It's always important. Yes. Yeah. So you can push them over this, this blue stuff. And I think, I don't know, but can you, can you trace, can you, can you move spaces over red impassable uh, terrain? I don't, I don't, or blocking terrain? No, I don't think so because you never can draw a line through it. And I think if you, even if you throw, you need to be able to have a line of sight and you can't throw it uh, over the red okay. corner without the line of sight. So, Okay. But at least you can throw them uh, over the, the red dashed line. Yeah, that's uh, of course. Just yeah. at the blocking. Is it called blocking terrain? Yeah, it's. I think it's called blocking yeah. terrain. Yeah, well, no, with that tact... Impassable yeah. terrain, that's it. It's the classic Wookiee throw, many people uh, called it. Just pick up <laughs> yeah. the Wookiee and throw it uh, into the combat. Into, into uh, the enemies and then the Wookiee can cleave and... Blah. This is... Uh, it's basically my, my what, what Colossus always does with Wolverine in the comics. Just making the Wolverine cannonball and throwing Wolverine into the combat. I think it's a very good ability, and my players didn't take it for whatever reason. Yeah, me, my <laughs> neither. I don't know why. I, I take it. I take it. This is the first card I take. It's just one XP, and I take it after after aftermath for sure. Even if I have two XP, because the two XP cards they are a bit they are good, but I think force throw is so versatile. And can you help to get to? Um, to certain, what's it called? Uh, to certain objectives that much yeah. faster. It's it's crazy. Also, you can you can manipulate the enemy, um, the enemy figures. So if one figure is too far away, um, yeah, yeah. If the enemy figure is too far away for your melee uh, allies, you can pull them here, uh, pull them towards you. Or you can push them away from you, or whatever you want. So it's, I think it's really good. I would. This is one of the best cards for her. Yeah, I think. I would say so too. Yeah. So it's it's certainly better than the second one XP card, which it, which is Force Adapt. Uh, pay one strain to use while you or a friendly figure is performing an attack or attribute test. That figure may reroll one die. And the second uh, ability on the card is. Exhaust this card when you perform a strength or engineering test. Uh, add one blue die to your dice pool. Um, no, 
the, the engineering test for Diala, you 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 already told us it's just one yeah. blue die, and the strength test is blue and green, so it's a bit better. But the blue dice they don't have that much surges on, so the the second ability of this card it's not good. It you you don't want to to use this anyway. So I think the second part of the card is basically worthless. And the first part is you pay one strain to reroll one die. It's uh, yeah. The problem with the allies you have to take care. You have to take care of your endurance because she has five endurance, but you have so many strain abilities, and the strain abilities are unusually expensive that you probably can't even spend uh, uh, spare one strain for this. Yeah. So force adapt. I don't know. Uh, it seems it seems weak to me. It's for certain. It's much weaker than Fostro. Yeah, Fostro is much more versatile, and even if you have to pay one strain more, it's much better. I think there are many more moments you can use this. So. Yes, yes. I at least I think it's much more flexible. Okay, so on to the two XP cards, which the first of which is defensive stance. When you use Foresight, apply one block to your defense results. And the second ability on the same card is, after an attack targeting you is resolved, if you suffered no damage, you become focused. Um, this in combination with Foresight is good because um, not even it's not even good because uh, when you use Foresight, you have a one in three chance to roll a dodge, and if you roll this dodge, you also become focused. But not also because do you become focused if you roll a dodge. You also become focused if you if the imperial player is attacking with a range attack and misses outright. So defensive stance it seems it's it's also very I think it's very good. Yeah. It's it's one of the cards that seems to suggest to you that you should go the tanking route because you it says to uh, when you use force at apply plus one block to your defense results. Um, uh, so it seems like it it's telling you to 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 draw fire, but I'd say it's also valuable if you don't draw fire if you're just getting attacked normally, not like from every from every figure, but just uh, normally. So I I don't know. I think it's it's better than the second two XP card, but you don't you shouldn't uh, deceive yourself that this makes her a tank or so. So the second two XP card is battle med meditation. Use when you rest during your activation. Test side. If you pass, choose yourself or a friendly figure. That figure becomes becomes focused. Uh, this is it's the same test uh, uh, which is on force throw, so that, that it has the same probability. You usually make this test, and you don't actually do any anything for this card. You don't have to pay any strain or so. And if you play against um, what's it called, the deck I'm playing now. The, of course, the uh, subversive tactics deck. It says, "Yeah, so yeah." If you play, if you play against subversive tactics, then uh, battle meditation. I think it's it's a must-have because you are resting unusually often. Because this in, with subversive tactics, you are you are strained at a higher rate, so you need to rest more often. Uh, and this allows you to become focused after after resting. And focus is always good. So also you can. Um, 
you can not only choose yourself if you if you are for that for whatever reason are already focused you can give this to another to another hero and it's not wasted so yeah. you usually rest once or twice a mission which is which results to once or twice getting free focus permission you only lose you only lose this ability for when you um for when you fail the the actual sight or uh, what's it called perception check or whatever it is so this is it's i think it's actually better than defensive stance and it doesn't doesn't give you the illusion that you can now tank stuff you shouldn't really tank yeah so take battle meditation i think of course my my players they took <laughs> after i told them foresight is dodge and whatever uh, they took defensive stance and i think they paid for it so <laughs> on to the free xp cards uh, the first of which is art of movement which reads apply plus one speed to your hero and the second one is you ignore additional movement point costs when entering difficult terrain or spaces containing hostile figures uh, i will read the second card too because i think it's an interesting choice uh, the second is snap kick exhaust this card after you resolve an attack with a melee weapon to choose one hostile figure adjacent to you and roll one green die that figure suffers Damage equal to the damage results on this die. Um, uh, Art of movement certainly helps you achieve objectives. So if you, if you, if your team decides that you should do the objective stuff, then art of movement is a, a surefire way to get there, because yeah. not only can you move one space uh, farther with your with your movement action, you also you also ignore basically every blue every every blue area. And there are some missions where you have to go through blue areas, and these usually cost you two additional movement points, and you just negate this. And snap kick, I don't know. Uh, it's it's basically a free attack for no strain. It's not it's not a it's not a full attack because it's just one green die, but you deal additional damage. Oops, you deal additional damage, and you can do it every round without without having to use strain for it i think it's okay since you most of the time you will use uh, melee attacks you yeah i don't i, I think uh, she's the the least valuable hero with a ranged attack uh, i think he, i think garkan is it's much more viable with a ranged uh, attack but but she i think you should basically use melee, melee weapons all the time so this triggers at least once around and it's it's good, but I think if you if the your team decides that you should do objectives, take out of movement, out of movement instead. Yeah. Okay, on to the last two cards, which is the first is dancing weapons. It's a special ability, a uh, special action, of course, and pay one strain to perform a ranged attack using a melee weapon. Add one blue die to the attack pool and gain search for two accur accuracy and plus one damage so this is like a like a, a, a lightsaber throw just with everything <laughs> not just lightsabers and uh, there was a clarification we had I, I don't know if we we did it in the show but there's a clarification about if you can use cleave with it and the ruling was that you can use cleave with it this works uh, since you since you cleave with a range attack then Basically everything inside is cleavable. So if your melee weapon has cleave on it, 
you use Dancing Weapon and you hit and actually deal damage. You can uh, apply the, the cleave damage to every other uh, fig enemy figure you can draw line of sight to. You don't need to, to have any range to it because you technically could attack it. You don't need to reach it. So any line of sight uh, character you can apply the range, which can be really nice. But this is certainly certainly better if you have less rebel heroes than you have when you have more rebel heroes because rebel heroes tend to block your line of sight and mm. whatever. So dancing weapon is good, but I think the next one, the last card I'll, I'll introduce for Diala is Way of the Salak. It's a special action for two strain. For each hostile figure adjacent to you, perform one attack with a melee weapon targeting that figure. And this is like a like a, a brawl or so you you stand in the middle of the of let's say a group of stormtroopers and you can technically reach all of them uh if they are adjacent to you of course and then you can attack all of them once which is of course you you distribute your damage over all of them but you can trigger cleave on on every attack if you have it on the weapon so if you have a weapon with cleave and attack three times and trigger cleave three times three times it's madness so you can claw claw through enemies like madness and this is also what the uh what the what my player uses but the problem is since it's costing two strain and i already unload strain on them every turn he didn't get he, he used it once but only for two targets and it's certainly certainly viable there because you can move up, move up to two targets, use um, what's it called? Use way of the Salak, and still uh, attack two times. You can't ju you just can't attack two times the same target, but you only you also attack two times, so it's similar to actually attacking two times. So it's a I think it's the better of the two four XP cards, but I don't know. You, if you're playing against subversive tactics, maybe uh, using battle med meditation and art of movement is much more viable than way of Solik. I can't yeah. say for now, but I, I get the feeling that this is this way. Yeah, I think one thing we should talk about is like the elephant in the room. We have a Jedi without the lightsaber, and you get the lightsaber only yeah, if you finish a character mission. mission. Yeah. Yes, that's. Uh, I think that the rationale is. Um, she isn't. She isn't actually a Jedi, so she's she's force sensitive, and she never had Jedi training from what I from what I understand. The problem with the the lightsaber stuff is uh, her hero her hero sheet actually pictures her holding a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, so, the figure also. <laughs> uh, maybe they should have gone with the plastic stuff on her hero sheet. That would have made more sense then, because. Everyone's calling her a Jedi now, and everyone's implying that she has this all of the Jedi abilities. Um, yeah, I'd say we, my 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 feeling is that we will get another Rebel hero down the line in some expansion pack, which will be a real Jedi, and there will be some overlap. But I think the real Jedi uh, abilities will be a bit stronger, and he will be overall stronger, and he will. He or she will probably re replace uh, Diala. We will see, but that's the feeling I get because. Well, um, I think the the 
she will be fo focused on something different because uh from her abilities she is not much she's focused in in like you said feeling uh some fields but she's not really a tank mm -hmm. but i think we will see like a more uh tanky jedi character we will see maybe a little bit more uh one of uh, one with more movement mm -hmm. and comparing it to the um role playing game it's like uh, the f she's like uh, the force sensitive exile. This is like one Jedi class. There is also the uh, uh, force force power emergent or something like that. Exactly, like some character is just realizing he has powers of the force, so he could be probably the next one or some old uh, Padawan or something like an old Padawan who mm -hmm. was able to escape Order sixty six like uh, Kanan. Yeah, in Rebels, which continues in June. In June, Rebels too. Yeah, the, the second season. I yeah, thought we had to wait a year. Okay, that's no, good. no, no. It's already continues in. It starts second season starts. I think fifteenth or twentieth of June with like the two part or three part Darth Vader episode. So wow, cool. Yeah, uh, about Diala. I think also calling her Haunted Exile was a problem with this because it implies that she is, um, she, she already had Jedi training when she, yeah. when her abilities, I, I don't know, they, they do reflect her being force sensitive and being able to use the force, but she's not, she's not a Jedi. That's, that's yeah. all. I, I think. FFG should have made this, this more clear. Either yeah, with the, a hero sheet or through some There other isn't stuff. much fluff text in the uh, campaign book or the rules or something. That's, it's surprised me a little bit. Yeah, There's hardly any fluff on the yes. heroes and so on. So this this is also this is also what I have on my wish list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's that's it for our Jedi non Jedi character. <laughs> and um uh, next up, we have community stuff, and this week uh, I think you wanted to talk about, uh, or we wanted to talk about upcoming upcoming heroes and or villains uh, uh, through the RGP, uh, yeah. RPG uh, art because the the Star Wars RPG is already out for two and a half years now, something about like that. that. Yeah, and they have already many many books printed and many artworks in the books. And some of the, the artworks of Imperial Assault is already lifted, not lifted, of course, but is already re reused from the RPG books. Yeah. So Herwig, uh, in the last two weeks, uh, did look for art that is in the rule books of the RPG game and that might come pop, come, come popping up in the, yeah. in Imperial Of course, Assault. now it's a little bit complicated that we both, I, I sent the pictures to you, we both are talking now about artwork that <laughs> you guys can't talking knows. about the talking about the picture. Can you can you yeah. resend them? Because I I'm on a different PC now. So ah, just give me a I, second. I forgot to save them on the cloud. On Where the cloud. Yeah. are you? Here you are. Um, yeah, I sent you like the first pictures we can talk about. It's some of the artwork we already have seen on some of the command cards. So the first thing we can talk about are these uh, heavy rebel troopers. You see them um, mm, yeah. on mm -hmm. one of the command cards. Um, 
it's a nice artwork. It's uh, it's used several times in the uh, Age of Rebellion books. So the Age of the Rebellion books are all the books that focus on the rebels and their struggle and fight against the Imperium. Um, so it's the second, they had like three parts. One is just like all the scum and villainy of the Outer Rim and Edge of the Empire. You can play like as Han Solo, all these characters basically from the most Eisley Cantina. Yeah. Second series was Edge of the Rebellion, which is like you join the rebellion, you have your duties, you fight for the rebellion in any way or form you like. You can fight it more politically with uh, gaining influence on worlds or be like a yeah, commando or a spy. And the third set is now being released. It's uh for the Jedi players. So you play various different classes of forgotten or hidden Jedi force users in the universe and have specific missions where you go, well, you can do anything anyhow, but they're like some adventures where you try to find old hidden temples of the Jedi and trying to fulfill your training there. So... But back to the artwork. It's an artwork. It's they look similar to the old Rebel Troopers uh, in their nicely west from the beginning of A New Hope. But these are a little bit more in combat gear, I would say. They have the big yeah. helmets again, but but they're also wearing um, the combat rifle. I think it's the same rifle the Commando Troopers use on uh, Endor. So I think there could be some heavy heavy. Troopers, heavy rebel troopers, or something like that. Uh, and and two two of them, do they have visors or is this? A, yeah, it's a, a full helmet. helmet. It's what? a full helmet. Yeah. Is this in the RPG? Ah, uh, you have different. This, yeah, there's some different uh, armor. So it could be uh, one of the. I think carpet Jordan. You have the enclosed armor. So yeah, it could be one of the other armor sets. Yeah. Because I think the normal rebel troopers would be uh, qualified for wearing heavy clothing or armored clothing, so they look more more than mean business. So okay, and of course, uh, if if the listeners want to look at it, I will link them in the show notes. So we'll we'll host them on the website and just click on the links, and you'll also see what we are talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, technology. maybe maybe they really they really will be released as a heavy heavy rebel trooper uh, group because we already see that they that the, there are heavy stormtroopers incoming and maybe they will basically mirror what the heavy stormtroopers are maybe with not heavy weapons but yeah we will see. Well, we, armor so. we could at this point talk about uh, the stormtrooper artworks. Um, uh, I think the most important thing, it, which is a takeaway from the Stormtrooper artwork, is we all know we will see some scout troopers at some point. So um, if you have a set of uh, the next bigger campaign set, which will be playing on a ice planet or anything like that, or probably yeah, we'll play on half, we will see the snow troopers just because they're just so such an iconic look, so they can't not use it. Uh, which is all, uh, another stormtrooper with also on this artwork is the dark trooper. And the dark trooper. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a project. It's not really, uh, it's more or less a battle droid. The dark trooper. So is it, is it, is it a, a full on mech or is it, uh, um, a rob- robot controlled by a human inside? Ah, it's, a, uh, it's a full on droid. So it's a, okay, it's a droid. And, I think this would be an interesting campaign setting because there are some stories in the expanded universe where the rebels destroy like the dark trooper facilities. Uh, 
and it would make a great campaign. And also you would have a big, uh, I think he could be like a two by two base or maybe only a one by two, but. Yeah, maybe he can have, uh, maybe he's still a small figure, but he's, um, he's more resilient or something. Yeah. Like well, he's, he has two blocks or three blocks. Yeah, and, and some version of the dark troopers are throughout forces unleashed. You see variants of them. So, um, I think the dark trooper project also it would fit in in this commando raiding secret facility setting that we have now in a pure in assault because the Trump trooper facilities are always like the secret facilities this ha have been ambushed and destroyed by the rebels so the number of the actual um dark troopers is very limited to the imperium so this would be actually very interesting and i think we i think we will see them because they already are using the artwork in the book so mm -hmm. yes The Dark Trooper would especially be interesting to yeah. see in the campaign. Yeah, well, also for the also for the skirmish yeah. because it's a maybe a, a, some some hybrid between a between a stormtrooper and a, and a, and a droid. We'll see. Um, then we go on to some of the rebel artwork. We have here artwork of a, a rebel spy, and I think we will see maybe as a player character or maybe as a. Um, ally character but um this uh artwork there's like featured in uh, throughout the books in in several uh different versions of it so yeah maybe maybe it's um the problem is this, that imperial assault is still a miniatures game so uh we probably won't see uh allies that will be there for just one mission or just yeah. like a set of two or three missions that are not that that are important for story purposes or so yeah. because if we if they want to include that a spy or so would be the ideal choice because he could um help the players uh, clear some object objectives or uh get them through some doors or clear some terminals and he because he doesn't look like the like a frontline fighter yeah so it it would be maybe a, an interesting idea to to craft a mission where you have to escort this character to a, an objective and then um uh, protect him from enemy fire for for like one round or two rounds or so this would be i i think this would be the the ideal use oh. for this artwork or for or for this style of, yeah. of character or break him because out of, of a prison after he got caught. Breaking him out of a prison, of course, yes. And stuff like that, yeah. Maybe even a sequence, you have to break yeah. him out and then escort him on a mission and then doing some, some other stuff with him. So could be a, a small mini campaign or whatever. But uh, I, I think in the, in the beginning, since since we since we will see uh, figures for all of this, all figures will have a, a real deployment card and will yeah. be viable for fighting. I am actually... Quite quite interesting how this will work for the two droids we'll get during the uh, what's it called during the Twin Shadows expansion. Yeah, R two T two and C three PO. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, the next one um is this uh Rebel Commando ish looking guy girl. Sorry, and yeah, it's a girl. Yes. Yeah, she, uh, I think pro uh, probably we will see her because um, it's the same quality of artwork which was used for Rebel Saboteurs. So 
And she looks like a close combat version, like a close combat assassin or something like that, commander. So I don't know. Maybe similar, similar to Mac, just that she'll be in close combat and combat yeah. and not in in ranged attacks. Yeah, could be that she's like the the uh, counterbalance to him. Yeah, being the close combat assassin and he is like the sniping assassin. Yeah, I don't know if she will be uh, as a he- used to be as a, a hero figure or just as a ally. So I don't know. That we nah, I don't know. I can see her as a hero. He, she's the the artwork already. It it, it has much character. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think you could basically it's it would be easy for 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 the team to construct a construct a set of mechanics that reflect this character. So because she's holding she's holding a blaster and a knife. So yeah, maybe a she vibro can knife, dual a wield. Big, yeah. So so. Similar to what Jin does with two two pistols, maybe I don't know. That would be an idea. So yeah. Um, next one is a, again a human troop or human commando, and her artwork is. Um, I think she's in the beginner set, and um, her artwork of her is uh, heavily in uh, throughout all the Age of Rebellion books. And, oh. and she's like a human uh, commandoish. Uh, camouflage trooper, so with the Beatles haircut, so yeah, maybe we see her. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because I, from what the 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 artwork, she's sitting on a speeder, right? Yeah. And she's eating some fruit. Yeah, maybe even the camouflage is even maybe uh, she's an alien in her skin anyway, so maybe maybe she's (laughs) some weird alien, I don't know. Maybe she's some weird alien, yes. But yeah. But since we since we already have the with Fen we have already have a commander type. Yeah. Mm, maybe she's some maybe she can be something different. Yeah, scout or something else, yeah. Scout, yes. Yeah. It's interesting. And just because um I like them and we probably will see them as like a Mon Kalimar technician technician and uh yeah. It's I think it's without big of a stretch that we will see yeah, this some is, Mon Kalimar this is, character yeah. and it's just yeah, the artwork of a very cool be, technic- yes. technician, so yeah. he, he will come to the game for sure. Yeah, you can you can base you you can you can I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah, it's so some version of either, a Mon either as an ally or as an as an, an hero. I but think I can see him being yeah. a hero no problem. And this was just like a cool Mon Colomar artwork. There are some, several really cool. Most of them are some uh, officers in the Age of Rebellion books, and this is one of the artworks. For, I think it's from the. It's actually from the uh, Aces book, from the uh, Imperial uh, Rebel Aces, as so a for the yes. uh, pilot class. There are also books with the, more developed this uh, car- uh, career path, and he's like I think the Tinkerer class. So he's a mm. pilot and always tinkering on his own ship and make it more uh, building in new gadgets and new toys. Yes, I can see it. It, I think I think it will. He will he will be a good a good hero. I think maybe something along the line that he can he can use different weapons and use different or construct new search abilities during the during the the mission or something like this. Yeah, that would be interesting. Huh? Of course, there are a ton of artwork of characters in the uh, rebel jumpsuits in the pilot suits. Um, yeah, I don't know if. We, Man, they are really iconic. The the rebel uh, flight suits. Uh, I think uh, one of 
those things which have a high uh, recognition value. So I don't know if we will see them or not. Um, if we see a rebel character, pilot character in the game. I yeah, don't I know. Can, of course, as a hero, of course. Yeah. I mean, he, he, the Mon Calamari might even be a pilot. Yeah. And uh, the the one that the the thing I said with the mechanic that she he he can construct new search abilities. Maybe this is the the defining trait of pilots then in the game. This might actually so I I would have, wouldn't have that much of a problem fighting with a pilot. Yeah. Because. We'll, we saw pilots fighting already, so yeah, the, I think the, it's, the we'll see see them in 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 some combination just because um, this pilot jumpsuit is so iconic for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think we will get a uh, some hero or at least an ally wearing the jumpsuit eventually. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Uh, the artwork I choose for this time it's just like a little snippet but I, I think, think some of the some of the stuff will uh, that the first artwork it's already on yeah. one of the command cards and it's uh, I don't know maybe is it is it reinforcements or something like this yeah. I can remember I think it's the, the one you get with the general vice yeah, I think we will probably see this because they can use them before at, at, at a later point we will have a, a set which will focus on the time period of um, Return of the Jedi and then we will have all the jungle commando all the Endor commando troops we can think of but until then I think we will have some other rebel troopers yeah yeah, that's uh, it's good. And now, of course, I will link all of the the artwork on the in the show notes so the listeners can yeah, watch it yeah, during maybe. our yeah. discussion. Okay, then uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about are alternate tokens. Herwig uh, dug up a link to yeah. litco.net. I will also link this in the show notes, of course. They are they are manufacturing. What is is this? Is it yeah, acryl I think it's acryl. What, what is um, it? Litco is doing a lot of uh, alternative markers and uh, add-on for various board games, also ro- enhancements for role-playing games and so on. And because uh, Imperial Sources, Imperial Assault is a huge hit and has been selling like crazy. Um, they also started, of course. Uh, Static making uh, acrylic markers for this game system. And of course, I will, for, for future episodes, I, I will try to keep track and will try to, uh, always report on new st- stuff in the communities. Because I, uh, have several, uh, board game sites bookmarked which produce like inlays, alternative tokens, and so on. And we've already seen with, mm-hmm. um, yes. X-Wing, there were a lot of companies which produced uh nicer looking nicer looking tokens uh uh cooler um flight flight path thingies uh fight uh, flight rulers and yeah, so the on, rulers yeah. the ruler stuff for the yeah i i will probably order some of these <laughs> yeah no, i really like some of them i really like uh um the the strain tokens and the uh, uh, plus damage tokens. I really like those two. 
Mm-hmm. I will because what I found during our last uh, session is that if you that the pile of the pile of tokens you inv- inevitably have on the desk, if you split it up in two and put it into two opposite corners uh, across the, the the actual playing playing mission field, yeah. and do the same with the with dice, and that's this the because I now I now have uh, three. Uh, three sets of dice because I the one from the base set and two additional ones. Uh, I can I can divide it up also in two in two groups or two two uh, two stashes and also put them into opposite opposite corners of the mission and so each player can reach both tokens yeah. and dice basically from where he sits. So no reaching over the table and no knocking over figures and so so this is. Uh, additional stuff on the on the on the table. Initially, I thought it would crowd the table and everything would get more messy. But if you figure out that if you make small uh, small small amounts of stuff available to all players, it's actually much better than so. Yeah. Getting additional tokens will help with this. Yeah. Well, some some of these tokens are also if if you want to, you can replace them. So they are a little bit nicer looking and, um, this, if you like it more, it's always a, there's some companies which are doing, uh, wood tokens, uh, laser cut wood. Um, if you, but probably more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and most of them use some kind of acrylic or something like that because I think it's easy and cheap. And it depends if you like more the feel of a hard plastic token or, the cutboard token you have now. So that's actually how you like it. I think cooler also to have replacement tokens for, uh, like objective markers and, uh, entry markers. So you have little rebel troopers. It's like now, uh, the, the rebel trooper, uh, the signal, uh, the, for the entry point, you can have a nice token and so on. So there, yeah, yeah. also the initiative token is the initiative token. Uh, 3D. Yeah. Is this do a yeah. because it's it's the same that you have on the. It's a the, round what? token and like two acrylic lightsabers uh, standing up. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little that, bit. That's lo- that actually looks cool. It looks a little bit cooler than the normal one, but I think they're just like the first of many companies who will do stuff like this. Litkus just I think the ones who have. Uh, if their process uh, faster and more streamlined than other companies. But I think depending on the success, because more or less all the little companies are doing something for Star Tri- Star Wars X-Wing. Um, if they see the opportunity, or all, we will have other companies doing stuff. There's one small company who is doing um, uh, 3D prints of like the doors and the containers and terminals. Um that would also yeah. be cool. Do you, do you have to link? Um, yeah, I have to link there. At the moment, they're just uh, overwhelmed with the uh, order, so they more or less sh- shut oh. down the Etsy shop. I want I want some too. Yeah. doors. Yeah, well, yeah, doors <laughs> and uh, open and closed doors you can still buy at the moment. The terminals and all the other stuff is at the moment uh, not available, but uh, they posted uh, on Facebook that uh, the end of May or something like that, they are taking orders again because okay. they're now shipping like yeah. the first patch and the stuff looks decent and it wasn't i think not that expensive i think a whole set was for 30 euros or something which is okay considering you get 
uh, eight boxes, eight terminals, and a couple of doors. So that's a, that's more than enough. But yeah, I think some of the Litco stuff you can have a look. Um, uh, have you have you already ordered or bought some acrylic tokens for descent? And are they they are lighter than than wood? Or are they heavier? Um, they have a little bit of a weight to it. Uh, I haven't. I know people who bought some other stuff from Litco for other board games. They're doing like plastic virus viruses for pan- pandemic. They have some stuff, a lot of stuff for uh, Arkham Horror games. So you can have uh, for Arkham various Arkham Horror games in the Fantasy Flight line. They have some stuff for you. So yeah, I know. Yeah, because uh, I think. The, the the tokens would a bit would improve a bit if they would have more weight yeah. to them because the cardboard do- tokens they, they are have light they have some some weight but they they still feel uh, very flimsy. yeah I think yeah. many people are like this with the uh, netrunner sets because there's se- several companies on Etsy Tim Convient uh, Litco gosh who else uh, I think custom meeples in Spain a lot of different companies are doing replacement tokens for Netrunner and many people said they really liked it now the stuff has a little bit of weight to it and it's not so flimsy it really you know yes this is what I wa- would would have wanted from 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 alternate tokens to, to for them to be a bit more sturdy feeling and more more heavy yeah. and so but yeah we that's probably just the beginning, and we you we will have the link to the Litco stuff. Yeah, and and we will update the the stuff if new sites yeah. pop up offering Imperial Assault, which probably will be uh, tokens yeah. or several of them, other yeah. add-ons, whatever. Also, uh, uh, when we are on the topic of tokens and add-ons, do you sleeve your cards? Uh, not with this game, but I will probably in the future. Uh, really? It's not necessary for this game. I like it to do it with games where you uh use the cards a lot. If you have to, uh, like with um the Star Trek uh Star Wars LGC game, I sleeve the cards just because it's easier to handle them to mix them and so on. Okay, because I also play the the LOTR LOTR LCG, and I don't sleeve the cards, and I think. They, I mean, you know, you do notice a bit yeah. wear and tear, but it's not really a problem. But also, this this might be a different issue because the LTR LCG is just single player or yeah, co-op against an, yeah. a fixed encounter deck, and uh, for the other LCGs, you actually play against a human player, and you could, if the cards are marked, you can see it in the deck and see which card is which. So this might be actually a bit more of a problem, but I. For the for Imperial Assault, I don't see myself um, sleeving the cards anytime soon, especially because there are so many. Yeah, yeah, it's it gets really expensive getting uh, 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 all the cards sleeved. Yeah, and there, there must be like over there, there are maybe over two hundred cards in. This yeah, I game. think at the back so of the Fantasy Flight box, they uh, have this color and number code on it. It says how much, uh, how many numbers of uh, which color of their sleeved packs you have to buy to sleeve everything. It only says two and five. Yeah, exactly. You have to need then <laughs> two of the packs of the 
Green one green. and five. Oh, two green ones and five of and the yellow. yellow ones. Okay. I think the small cards. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, there sense. are some other. Uh, you don't have to buy the fantasy flight ones because they're a little bit uh, more expensive. expensive. But there are other companies that uh, produce cards in the same size. I think I just have encountered yeah. like one or two games where it was almost impossible to find the right size of sleeves. With Summoner Wars, it was really almost impossible to find cards which really fit the Summoner Wars cards because they have such a weird format. Okay, so no sleeving for me to until now and probably in the future. And Yeah, there are always stories for Descent. It's like for the hero sheets... There's like one guy in Thailand or somewhere he makes like they have like the order sleeves sleeves for the hero cards there. He makes like these big sleeves. And okay. they're like yeah. people ordering them uh thanks to Bot Game Geek. They're from Thailand because they want to have their also their hero cards sleeved. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the did the the hero cards in descent also flip over when they are wounded? Yeah, now when you use the special skill, you flipped over. If you, you have but there once, was a back, every character has, yeah, every character has one skill he can use once, uh, a ses- uh, one once an encounter. Yeah, and then he and if he over, used yes. his, okay. yeah, so and he has exhausted his special skill. So the the, the the sleeves are transparent on both on both sides. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 and they are big enough to fit in a hero card, and I. Hero sheet. I don't remember if the descent and the Star Wars are the same size. I never actually looked at, looked if they were. Huh. I don't know. I look it up. Yeah, probably similar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's it for community stuff. And I think since we already talked for like for almost two hours, we will skip the. Technological superiority until next time. Also, the four, yeah, for skirmish cards, we can save them for next time. We already have time, and so we. The the one one thing I wanted to talk about before the lore question is rules clarification, and there was a, a bit of a board game geek thread about uh, attribute tests, and uh, especially uh, when they are noted in the campaign manual you have usually if the attribute test requires more than one success you have a number and then you have one or more mostly one or two attributes besides it and this works uh, some people weren't understanding that this actually means that you need uh, uh, successes from any two any combination of these two attribute tests so if you do uh, like you can open a door with either an engineering check or a strength check and yep. you need three successes for this. You can first do an engineering check and if you have like one or two successes and then do a strength check, you just add these up, the successes overall. Ah, okay. And yep, uh, yep. if you reach three at any time, you succeeded, succeeded at, at this uh, attribute test. So you don't need but to But it has to be d- during your activation. You can't no, like have you, two you also this can, round oh, yeah, and then you, also you can save it for next round. So even if you ah, okay. even if you just do one ad- attribute test and you fail to reach the like three successes and you uh wait one round, 
And in the next round, you do another attribute test and roll like two successes. You are at four, and then you can open the door. It's it's basically a safe mechanic for the successes. Each success you roll, uh, regardless of the of the attribute, uh, basically saves and makes your subsequent tests easier. It's not easier actually because you still need to roll the the, the successes, but you need need to roll less successes than before. And uh, also the the one the one thing that was cleared up is this, that uh, if you have the number and then two attribute, attributes, the number is the number of successes you need in total. And it's not that you need two, like two strength and one engineering. If there is two, then the strength icon and uh, then the engineering icon, but you need either two engineering or two strength or a, co or a combination of both. So uh, this is rules clarification for the day. I, I will also link the board game, game geek thread because there was a little bit of a discussion of, uh, because of this, and I think Pazi uh, made the the clear call on this. And uh, uh, did, he didn't cite the the rules in the in the RG, R, rules reference guide, but someone other did. So it's all in there. So if you're con still confused ab uh, about the um, attribute tests. Look at the thread and you will basically see what's up. So uh, the last thing for today is we still need to, to draw the winner for last week's law question of the week. And we will, of course, give you the new question. But first, we will need to draw the, the winner of last week. And we had 14 uh, right answers. This is a new, a new high point for us, I think. Um, and I will, of course, uh, like always, go to random.random.org and let the num number generator there create a number between 1 and 14. And we will see what it is. It's the number 9. Where is my sheet? 8, 9. Okay, we have our winner. And this is this time the winner is Chris. And uh, Chris actually sent me, uh, with his answer, he sent me a fun fact. And he sent the fact that the civilian... Of course, the, the answer to last week's question was... The T16 Skyhopper. It's a light, it's a light speeder, I think. And um, the civilian version of this craft apparently includes a laser-targeted autocannon. And he was not really sure how a transorbital high-speed craft with a huge honking uh, gun qualifies as a civilian a civilian craft <laughs> because you can you can go to orbit with it and blast ships. So why is it civilian again? But of course, doesn't matter. Uh, Chris, you won. And well, it's the outer rim. It's it's the outer uh, rim, of course. You need to defend yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Chris, you won. You won a Chewbacca ally pack, and I will contact you about where to send it and all that stuff. So, uh, for the for the new question, we actually created a new um, a new email address just for the for the for the raffle and for winning stuff. Uh, because uh, it was getting complicated to actually separate the, the answers of the of the contests from other stuff we received via email. So uh, the question first, and the question is this time, what event prompted the life depth of Chewbacca to Han Solo? So we all know that Chewbacca has a life depth with Han Solo, but few people actually know how this came to be. And the if you know what's the what's the story behind this, just uh, write a few sentences sentences about it and send us the email to win 
at boardwars.eu. This is just W-I-N at boardwars.eu. And uh, I will make a call here and say uh, your submission can only be um, entered into the contest if you really sent a mail to the to the email I gave you just now because it's getting really complicated with all the emails uh, otherwise. Um, and of course, next time, if you want to prepare for next time and the, the episode after that, we will also have a contest, but it won't be a lore question. So if you fancy yourself a game designer, maybe the next uh, contest will be much more in your alley. Okay, this is it. Chris, congr congratulations on winning your Chewbacca ally pack. And next time, uh, what you can win next time, you can see on the blog within the next few days. And this is it for today. Herwig, any last words? Mm, I'm fine. Because it, it's getting already late here. It's yeah half past ten. We talked. Uh, we didn't want to talk that long this time, but it, again, we managed to. Yeah, it's just about <laughs> talk two hours. For two hours. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. So that's it for this week. And of course, you can reach us on Facebook, which I, w I will link in the show notes. You can reach us on the homepage, which I will also uh, link on the show notes. But if you're not on the homepage, you should already know where the homepage is. Whatever. Ah, also, we started a Board King Geek Guild. Yeah, so. of course. I will also link the board the newly created Board King Geek Guild, which you can join, which we will probably use for some uh, other stuff on Board King Geeks. Uh, maybe some play events or something. And, of course, you can always always reach, reach us via email at podcast at boardwars.eu. So that's that's it for me. And we'll see you guys again in two weeks, I think. Bye. Bye.